Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode six of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast from International Rugby HQ, the, the studio here. I'm Tim uh, with the usual squad of JB. Hello, Tim. Hello, Egg Chasers. Hello, and Phil. Hi, Tim. Whose beard is ever growing? Uh, yeah, still going. Beard update? Um, I had a bit of a trim. I had my hair cut last week and asked the young lady if she could trim the wispy little uh, hairs that were going into my mouth from my moustache. Amazing stuff. Well, what a week of rugby we have got to talk about. The Heineken Cup, however, uh, let's get going. One of the big stories from the rugby week. And England's supremo Stuart Lancaster has said, and I quote, rugby union has a huge amount to learn from league. Sometimes we forget about core skills and they concentrate on the basics better than us. Now, just before we get into uh, the things that we can learn from league, James Haskell said when he came back from the Super 15, he couldn't get over how much more work they do with the ball in the Southern Hemisphere versus here. My experience of semi-professional and sort of lower league rugby, it's all about the set piece. Is that what you guys found in your rugby careers? Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. All we do is practice the same three lineouts for half an hour each Tuesday and Thursday and then Friday uh, sorry and then on a Saturday maybe a further a further hour certainly from a forwards point of view rugby league core skills are very very good you you'll see props and and second rows although they're not really like props yeah. and second rows as we know them but making breaks and finishing breaks with well executed passes whereas if you saw any certainly northern hemisphere prop or second row making a break they very rarely know what to do with it and maybe one in ten actually gets finished off so it's all about the set piece certainly scrimmaging yeah, absolutely um, much. we all seem to be in agreement on the fact that, that core skills we could probably learn a bit from from the emphasis they put on that in rugby league but what else Stuart Lancaster doesn't have to stop there what else can rugby league teach union then I think the most important thing you can teach a union uh, is how to keep the score using a large mechanical arm <laughs> if anyone's seen the Super League um, I think it's a requirement of getting the Super League franchise it is it is, it is isn't it yeah. you have to install a giant mechanical arm which is outside the stadium and intrudes <laughs> on the inside of the stadium which holds a scoreboard yeah it's huge, it's incredible piece of engineering to have it, one of those in every is. I've actually got a, a very good friend of mine who is an engineer and he can't for the life of me work out how it works but fair play they do it time and time again and that's yeah. why it's the greatest no, game in the world no expense spared <laughs> what about uh, something else that rugby league can learn that can teach rugby union is really really short shorts yes yeah. I, I, want, I, like... I want professional rugby players rugby union players spend hour after hour in the gym working on those quads let's see them get yeah. those shorts right up so that you, they're practically underneath the shirt a la rugby league <laughs> Overcomplicated tournament formatting from Rugby League. Oh, yeah. We saw the other week the uh, Super League playoff system. 
is the most complicated. I still don't understand it. Um, but I was looking today, the Rugby League World Cup's about to start. Oh, this is have awesome. You, have you seen the group stages? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've so not. The, Incredible. There's four groups, two with four teams in and two with three teams in. And the teams, with, the, the groups with four teams in, three of them qualify for the, the quarterfinals. What? The groups with three teams in, only one of them qualifies for the quarterfinals. What? It's... But it, what? It, yes, exactly. What? Exactly. It's my, my thoughts exactly. Um, and the, obviously the Super League uh, playoff system makes no sense at all. And with that, we move on then. And what a weekend of European rugby it was. Um, there were upsets, there were tense matches, and there were those boring defeats by awful teams like Mogliano and Cavaliero Preto getting pumped by understrength English sides in the Amelin Challenge Cup. It's as you were for the European tournament. So what caught your eye? Exeter. Exeter all over. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they were, they were superb. First half, they just switched off a bit second half. Um, but the, the strength and intensity at the breakdown absolutely blew Cardiff away with a, a pack who contained several Lions as well. Well, so there was several full internationals. I think there was five Lions playing and 12 internationals. In the Cardiff team? For Cardiff, yeah. Wow. wow. And um, significantly fewer for Exeter, no doubt. You've got a guy in this uh, new lad. They've got Vianacolo. Have you seen, seen him? Yeah, yeah. from Connaught. That's yeah. a guy. Connor, and Tongan International. Yeah. He's uh, the fir- It's his first game, yeah. um, and he wouldn't have started if Tom James wasn't playing. Tom James is something like the sixth choice wing wing for Wales, and this Vinicola was up against Cuthbert, who was who was the Lions' wing, and completely outplayed him. They yeah. uh, they outplayed Cardiff in almost every position. Yeah, I'm going to give a little bit of a mention to Gloucester, who. Uh, they were at King's home, fair enough. You'd expect them to be competitive, but back on some sort of form and not, not a too shabby Perpignan team as well that they turned over. Yeah, mm. and good to, to come back as well. And they had a couple of opportunities. Uh, they had a disallowed try with 10 minutes to go for a forward pass that was it was a forward pass. Well, not to blow my own trumpet, but I did say a few weeks ago that they, that they might ignite. And, uh, I think that was the phrase you used. Uh, and the, the big elephant in the room that we haven't mentioned is uh, Scarlet's. Yeah. A losing oh. Scarlet's team managed to turn over Quinns. What's going on at Quinns? I'm they- not sure, but my favourite part of that game was looking at the uh, that, that little scorecard thing afterwards and, and it said tries, Williams, Williams, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> not Williams, bracket three. No, no, three different Williams. Jordan, Rodri and Scott Williams. <laughs> That's all scored tri- tries. Uh, Jordan Williams' try was superb where he bounced that one tackle, span round, down the touchline, stepped inside, uh, I can't remember who it was, it might, might be Mike Brown. I remember seeing him, I think, last year. My dad, because he's retired, spends virtually all of his time watching Sky Sports, BT Sports, whatever rugby's on TV. I went to the, my parents' house one day and he said, oh, you've got to see this try, I've recorded it for you. And it was Scott Williams scoring in the last minute for Wales under-20s against South Africa under-20s in the quarter-final or semi-final of the World Cup and scored an absolutely sensational try. All the commentators at the time were saying, watch out for this lad. And he's done it again on... on well, the next biggest stage, mm. if not the biggest stage. Well, the good news for scholars is all they need to do now is uh, look down the sofa and find £300,000 to keep uh, Jonathan Davis there. I mean, <laughs> great news. Well, and, and a few of the other, other lads who perform <laughs> yeah. well. We'll be having those Williams boys as well, actually. Uh, uh, it, in, in that game, it's interesting that like, Harlequin seems to have gone off the boil this year a little bit compared to last year. David Flatman made a very good point last week saying that they've lost the cornerstone of their scrum. James Johnson, James Johnson, twenty-two stone. Holly Cone, Holly Cone, twenty-one stone. stone. Yeah. 
replaced by two young lads who've got the potential to be good. But Nick Kennedy, who's not even playing. Yeah, Nick Kennedy, who's, who's Nick on Kennedy's a quality player. He's not, he's not, he's not 21 stone, though. No, no, I agree he's with a that. Lightweight sec- yeah, he's lightweight for a second row. He's a good player. Um, he's a decent pundit as well, if you've seen him. Yeah. Is he? Yeah, pretty yeah. solid. Uh, I think his mem's an author. Do you know that? I didn't know I did that. not know that. There you go. The contrast between him and uh, Shane Horgan, he's quite uh, w- quite well-spoken <laughs> and well-educated. I'm not saying that uh, Horgan isn't, but Horgan the contrast was striking. Uh, Horgan apparently is a big politics buff. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the uh, main things he enjoyed about the Lions tour when they went to uh, New Zealand and got, and got pumped was the fact that you could spend time with Alistair Campbell talking politics. Wow. Um, I, was, I would just say quickly... Um, Nick Kennedy's old team, Toulon, irresistible. That wow. first half performance against Glasgow. Well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to say, when I looked at Cardiff and I saw them get absolutely battered by Exeter, one of the things I thought is, big names don't make good good teams. You've got five Lions here doing nothing. And then you've got Toulon where big names make big teams. <laughs> wow. The contrast between actually having the players and then having the players and letting them win. Johnny Wilkinson, captain, and he's still starting fly half in a team which contains two of the best ball-playing players in, maybe in ever in Michelin and Gitto. It's just, they're just incredible. Yeah, the handling, this goes back to the point we were making earlier about um, core skills and the handling of the forwards when they were one person was breaking the line, offloading, offloading. It's absolutely exceptional. No team could have lived with that, that first half performance. Absolutely phenomenal. All right, well, let's go through our predictions from the weekend because uh, we have uh, the scoring system whereby uh, if we go with the bookies' favourite and they win, we get one point. If we go with the underdog and they win, we get two points and we can play a joker for double points. Uh, so the first fixture, let's go Ulster-Leicester on Friday night. Ulster beat Leicester at Ravenhill, um, which I think I predicted, didn't I? Me and you predicted Ulster. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, and JB predicted Leicester. Oh, oh dear, Jay. Dear. Minus one and plus one for oh. me and Phil. Uh, the other Friday night fixture? Yep. Connor Saracens. Connor, so we, we all predicted a Saris win. And Beardmore played his Joker. Oh, That's right. Double points. So is that, know that double one for two? Yeah, two points. That's right, double one is two. <laughs> uh, and then on to Saturday. Harlequin Scarlet. Oh, I played my Joker on this, didn't I? Uh, unfortunately... Oh, I played my joker and predicted Quinns would win. I thought that was an absolute banker. So, so that's uh, minus two. And Whereas you, you, me and Jay both predicted Harlequins, unsurprisingly, but got it wrong. Cast Northampton. What, did we all go cast? To we win? all, yeah, we went with the, the bookies and all got it right. Uh, which leaves us with Exeter Cardiff. Um, where we, again, all picked Exeter, who were favourites, so one point. And Gloucester Perpignan. Um, where... You two correctly picked Gloucester, and I took a chance and played my joker on Perpignan. What a clown. Oh, dear. Minus two, which leaves us with uh, scores on the doors at the end of week one in the prediction challenge. Cocker. Yeah. He's on three. Hell yeah. JB is on three, and bringing up the rear is me with one. Not for the first. Just like you did in prison. There's our predictions. Uh, I apologise for the lack of a Friday podcast last week. There were some uh, teething technical issues, but which will be resolved and it will be released on Friday. So have a listen uh, to our predictions for the weekend ahead. Before we move on from the rugby last weekend, any other any other business as far as the rugby goes? Um, yeah, a couple of other high moments and a couple of low moments uh, from the Heineken Cup and, and one from uh, the Amelin Cup. Do you see Dion Berriman's try, the only try that Zeb- Zebra, Zebra... <laughs> we will get the pronunciation of that at some point. Scored against uh, Toulouse. I didn't see this. 
it, where he was being chased into the corner and instead of that, yeah, like, it's awesome, going shoulder to shoulder with the the defender, he threw his body out into touch over the touchline and stretched out and put his wow. put the ball down. It looks spectacular if you can see that. And then a couple of bad things. Just last week, possibly, JB was saying how improved Luther Burrell is, how good his hands are. Oh, yeah. And then he throws a, an interception pass oh. in the opposition oh, 22. Cheers, Luther. <laughs> to give the game to cast. And the other one for me was the video refing by Nigel Owens for two yellow cards. It was used for two yellow cards when it probably shouldn't have been. And, they, and the yellow cards were given, but I think they were both dodgy. Grassin versus Claremont uh-huh. and Nalaga, the winger, and one of the Georgian props, Kin Cash. Kikrius, really? Yeah. Him. You say it better than me, Cocker. Um, both got yellow cards for dubious at mm. best. The one thing I'm going to say is I cast our minds back to, I think, 2007 or around then. Sale versus Biritz. Two yeah. clubs who have fallen so far. It wasn't that long t- since they were playing a semi-final in, in San Sebastian for the Heineken Cup, and now they're playing a Thursday night just underneath the Bellend. Three th- Ridiculous. The AJ Bellend, 3,100 people was that turned the, out to watch is that. Is that it? 3,100. Did you see uh, the highlight of it, though? Um, Andrei Ostrikov's show and go. One hand <laughs> and, run, running oh. the ball. Yeah, kids do not watch that as any kind of example of how to run with a rugby ball. Yeah. Uh, he, in one he, hand, Fijian style. He looked like he wasn't sure what he was doing. <laughs> he looked like he... <laughs> I put it down. <laughs> uh, so there, there we go. That's that's the rugby from uh, last weekend. I think we should have a little musical interlude uh, Ooh, before yes, we move on. Uh, so we have been celebrating in rugby oki some of the rugby players that have treated us to their singing skills via YouTube uh, in the case of Ben Foden uh, like X Factor in the case of Matt Stevens should we have a little bit of Alex Corbizier rapping oh yes please yeah, keep on, it kind of quiet people on a diet scrum is straight Tom is right I don't deny it test me try it style you don't buy it I'm gonna grab the microphone and start to fly it there you go oh, let's get into that then we go to London Wasps and uh, this was via a, a tweet that Andy Good, to his credit posted good luck Goody of someone that Phil mentioned as one to watch for the England squad uh, Elliot Daly very talented outside centre come fullback. yep uh, who was in a boy band when he was at school. I think it was Whitgift School he was at, same school Danny Cipriani went to. Obviously. <laughs> and this is a video that's turned up on YouTube, and I will post the link at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and uh, eggchasers.com that uh, you can have a look at. This is Elliot Daly uh, featuring with some of his boy band colleagues. The boy band was called Boys Forever. <laughs> hey, guys, we're Boys Forever. We're a group of young lads from Croydon. And, and singing, singing is our passion. passion. Oh. Hi, Pete. Here comes Elliot. I am Elliot Daly. If you want to know more, just Google me. Did we hear that? I'm Elliot Daly. If you want to know more, just Google me. Safe search on. Uh, Absolutely not. (laughs) And uh, this is them singing. This is Boys Forever. Terrified, I see the free look in your eyes. Turn around, bright eyes. Every now and then I pull a 
the screams are because they've stripped off and they're now topless. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. Now, That's, uh, I've got to say, when we, when, we, when we first found a rugby player singing, I thought this is a well which is going to run dry pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> this just keeps on coming. It's a gift that keeps on giving. More rugby okey next time, if you spot anything. Our like, oh, thanks to Andy Good for uh, uncovering that one. I have heard rumours... I've heard a rumour, but we don't have any evidence of it as yet, but that Carl Ferns of, of Bath Rugby does a brilliant Michael Bublé. Wow. So we need to try and get that. So uh, Bath Rugby, if anyone from Bath Rugby is listening, try and uh, record Carl Ferns doing Michael Bublé and any more, let us know. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, where you can also see that video of Elliot Daly and eggchasers.com. Right then, musical interlude over. Uh, dream team time. So the dream team is where we pick a, a random or harebrained topic and select a 15... 1 to 15 players that deserve that shirt. Now, this week, the topic is rugby players who don't look like rugby players. Have you got a more concise name for that? Uh, I, I was trying to come up with one before, but I, I couldn't really. Rugby players who don't look like rugby players. This is what it is, OK? If you were in a bar and Andy Powell came in for a, for a beer with P.S. Beast, there'd be no doubt that they were rugby players. <laughs> yeah. Right? That is... a a prototypical rugby player. What we're looking for is the guy who comes into the bar and you wouldn't believe he was a he was a professional athlete, let alone a rugby player. <laughs> That's what we're looking for here. Due to uh, excessive skinniness, maybe, or... Um, or Yeah, skinniness in the forwards yeah. or excess weight in the, in the back. So let's start in the front row. Any suggestions? No. Going on my... Um, Oh, my criteria that if this guy walked into a pub, you wouldn't think that he was... I mean, you might think think that he was a landlord, but you certainly wouldn't have thought that he is a rugby player. An elite rugby player. Like elite rugby player, yeah. Matt Dunning. Yes, the Aussie uh, loosehead prop. Exactly. Oh, my God, he's an absolute heifer, isn't he? He's carrying some uh, some extra pounds. I've just Googled him. Look is at that the picture of him carrying fries and a burger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one, that, isn't it? Have you never seen that? I haven't oh, seen that. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, definitely. He's straight uh, in the 15. Another one in the same mould, Jacobson, the, the oh, Scottish yes. Scottish loosehead. Uh, Alan Jacobson. Alan Jacobson, yeah, who's horrendously out of shape. Ivy and Lewis Roberts as well. He, he's yeah. um, he's on the other side of my scrum. Oh, you've got him, the other side of your... Him and he's, he's hanging out with Martin Madden. <laughs> oh, God, I've forgotten about How him. How do you forget about Martin Madden? <laughs> in fact, Matt Dunning and Martin Madden, I, I think it's unkind to, to, to Avion. He looks a little bit like a prop, at least. Any hookers? Well, I've, I've got um, a weird prop and hooker combination. Mm. Northampton, about five, six years ago, loosehead prop, Chris Budgeon, hooker, Steve Thompson. Oh, brilliant. That was a prop and a hooker, but it looked like a hooker and a prop. Because, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Budgeon was what five eight. Steve, Steve Thompson was very tall. Three. Well, and, I wonder. And nine, like nineteen. I tall. wonder if Steve Thompson ever played in a front row with Tom Smith and Chris Budgeon. That would be exceptional. Well, well, you got two five eight props. And yeah, a and six, a six foot two two hooker. Matt Dunning, Martin Madden. I wouldn't disagree with <laughs> Alan Jacobson. Notable mention. Ivy and Lewis Roberts. Uh, notable mention. Jamie George should, should be a noticeable a noticeable men mention. He's got little T-Rex arms on that big on, on that big head and the big belly. Brilliant, a bench press. Oh, I bet he's incredible. <laughs> and, and who are we so going for hooker then? Zarzewski, just because he's, oh, like he's not like a hooker. and does not look like he's had 15 years of professional sport. Yeah, oh, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Into the second row. One of the greatest players of all time, maybe. John Eels never looked like a rugby player. Put Luke Charteris in the same way. He doesn't look like he should be able to be a professional sportsman. Uh, well, he, he, he could play in the NBA. 
<laughs> yeah, true. And maybe the other end of the sort of second row stock, I Craig Quinnell. Ah, when you yeah. see some pictures of him in the lineup, there's some proper old love handles going on. on that. Well, and the, the other Quinnell I, I put in there, Scott. I've added Scott in not because he doesn't look like a rugby player. It's because when you watch him, he looks like a bear. I watched, <laughs> um, I watched some highlights of Scott Quinnell, and it is like watching a grizzly carrying a ball. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. Not, not very quick. Yeah. I, I think instead of the number eight shirt, I'm going to challenge Scott Quinnell for the number eight shirt with Thomas Waldrum. Oh, yeah. very good. Yeah, I, 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 that's a fair he, he shot. Is, I mean, because actually, he's he probably pretty, solid. He yeah, probably he, is absolutely solid. He just, it's just, it's just the chins. Oh, yeah, you want to see? Doesn't look dynamic, but he, no. he is. You want to see the weirdest looking guy with his shirt off? Phil War. Has there ever been a stranger looking? Oh wow, looking rugby player ever? Would yeah, you? yeah, I'd say out of seven, Ste- it, Stefan Armitage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough call, Phil War, Stefan Armitage. What I'm, is it? I've not seen War with well, his shirt off. Well, David Lyons about it, right? He's got a promotional picture of him in a Stade Francais shirt. And it just looks like a guy down... Do, do you know when middle-aged men wear rugby shirts to go and watch, you know, go and watch the internationals down the pub? He looks like just a middle-aged man who happens to support Stade Francais. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about Phil War. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, who would get the seven shirt for you then, Phil? Stefan Armitage, who I say, like, light bends around him, but even at the speed of light, it still takes three seconds to get all the way around <laughs> Stefan Armitage. Or Phil War, who obviously is a, a strange-looking specimen. Imagine you're in a pub. One of these guys is an international open side flanker. Phil War looks like a fat, washed up surfer dude. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to, he, he's got to get the team. Thomas Waldrum gets the Thomas extra. Waldrum. Good player that he is. He just looks. I, I'd go for David Lyons on, on, on the other side. He... On six. Lovely. Scrum half then. Sean Perry. Sean Perry. I was thinking Sean Perry. Fat, you? fat, bald. <laughs> I don't know about fat. Was he fat? He's, just, he he's was, a little bit he chunky. Was. But he wasn't Ricky, yeah. Ricky KFC January. <laughs> I had uh, chicken piri piri weepoo. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> very like good, very good. I, I've, I've got a uh, weepoo here. Ricky January I came up with because we went to watch the Lions and the coverage of rugby over there is, you know, front page to back page. And there was something about Ricky January catching a ball and the... And the journalist had to apologise because he came out with the quotes. If that was a <laughs> a KFC bucket, Ricky January wouldn't have just caught it, but he would have swallowed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fly, so who, who gets the nine shirt then? Is it Ricky January? Or is it Piri, well, Piri Whip, who's is a, if, if is a truly immense weight gainer? Yeah, yeah the, the weight gain is incredible. After what did he manage to do? World Cup, it, took it, a couple of months off. Yeah, and came back to... to Training for the Blues, like 15 kg, over, like two and a half, three stone overweight. His nickname is Ricky KFC January. Yeah, that's good. Go, K- go for Ricky go for January, January is in. Fly half then. I've got so many that I can think of. Oh, I can't really? pick one, yeah. Well, uh, and Andy Food. Andy, <laughs> Andy Good. I think he's redefined what fly halves look like, so well, I don't think that counts. Well, everyone's. Uh, trying to get receding hairline exactly. and gain weight so they can play as well as good. But then someone who just doesn't look like he should ever be anywhere near a rugby pitch looks like he should, he should be like programming computers and hacking into the government mainframe, Neil Jenkins. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a rugby... You're not a rugby player, Neil. Yeah. But what a player. Some of his play might have even backed that up. Um, two, two Irish fly halves, O'Gara and Sexton. Sexton's shoulders are... <laughs> practically non-existent. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he knows what the gym looks like. But the Cobain genus. <laughs> um, so, 
<laughs> Sexton <laughs> has got pathetic shoulders, actually. It's <laughs> terrible. Who gets the 10 shirts? So many names. <laughs> Ronan Agora doesn't get 10 shirts. Ronan Agora, a little pretty boy. In fact, in some ways, he's a classic 10. I happened to introduce myself to an unsuspecting Andrew Mertens, and I can tell you now, he looks nothing like a rugby player. I introduced really? myself to um, Danny Grucock, who he is looks like a rugby. monster yeah. and <laughs> is everything you'd expect from a rugby player. And then Andrew Mertens, who was tiny. Wait. Hold on, stop there, JB. You just did some uh, absolutely shocking name dropping. So what do we have there? Andrew Mertens and uh, Danny Grucock. That's right. There we go. Uh, who do we give the 10 shirt then to? Come on. I'd go for Andy Goode. I'd go for Andy, Andy Goode. Yeah, OK, Andy Goode. Centre. Matthew Bastereau. Yes. Oh, well done. I mean, what a player, but he just doesn't look like he should be a, yeah. a sort of top-flight centre. More like a prop mould. Yeah, exactly. Um, other end of the, the scale, and has got to be the smallest, lightest in England, England centre oh, in the last 20 years, uh, Kyle, Kyle Eastmond, who's both smaller and lighter than Shane Williams and has played 12 really? for Is England. He? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, maybe Matthew Tate in that... In his debut international, when he was 18, oh, wow. he looks least like a rugby Go player. Go on, son. Go have fun. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not really filled out to his potential yeah. at 18. I'm open! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw Kyle Eastman. I was stood behind him in the queue for River Island in the Trafford Centre. Uh, he was up. He, was up, he wasn't He was playing for Bath and he had a weekend off and he was back in Manchester and I was, I was behind him in from? the queue. It's St. Helens, isn't it? Yeah, St. Helens. And uh, it's quite stacked, yeah. but very, very small. Yeah. Very small. Really athletic. If yeah. he showed up yeah, in like a pub wearing the kind of tops that Phil wears, you would definitely think, yeah, he's a professional sport. Like smart work, but I know what you mean. He's top. Uh, no, one of those tight, long V-neck things. <laughs> Whatever, Phil. Um. <laughs> Just because he's too damn good looking to be a rugby player, me? You might want to get the uh, music ready. JJ Engelbrecht. I thought he was good looking, and then I googled him. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> he, he could be a male model. He could be international, he, like David Gandhi type. I don't, uh, how do you know names of male models? <laughs> <laughs> David Gandhi. I'm going to look at David Gandhi first. <laughs> and I tell you, could David Gandhi be a rugby player? Um, he could be a JJ Engelbrecht lookalike. Look at David Gandhi. My word, look at David Gandhi. Can he play rugby? Yeah, he probably yeah. can play rugby. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, he could be an outside centre. Now, now JJ Engelbrecht. Is that because you play outside centre? Is that, <laughs> is that is this what's going on here? Just for, for looking far too pretty to be a, a top-flight rugby player, then JJ Engelbrecht gets into the centre. Uh, back three. Let's get rid of that music then. And just, just get things back on rugby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Not your own it's sordid, got really weird in here. Sordid pastimes. <laughs> oh, crikey, yeah. You're, you're right about Engelbrecht, whatever his face is. Yeah, smoking. Uh, what about mm. Shane Williams? As, as a winger. Yeah. Uh, really over-delivered on what you should be able to do when you look at someone like... And I'd actually say yourself, Phil, are kind of in a similar mould. Um, yeah. Not not quite as... Uh, not quite as slight as Shane Williams, but... Like, not quite as good. <laughs> well, not no, obviously not. Well, yeah, I think I'd go, that went without saying, didn't it? Um, but how do you find it, like, as, as a winger, like, small in stature? Because power is speed times by strength. It forces mass times acceleration. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, as long as you can accelerate quickly, you can deliver that power. Um, I've, I've often found it to my benefit because I'm reasonably solid at tackling, and you'll often get people who will initially try and run straight at me rather than round me, which kind of works out Error. well. Yeah, which kind of works out well for me a lot of the time. But, like, at the standard I play, I, I, I don't think it, it you matters. You still get too some much. big old bruises running your way. 
So, any, any other bat-free suggestions? Well, I mean, I would have would have mentioned. Uh, is it Repenny Falfell? Yeah, he's on my oh, list. Oh yes, when he oh, was at yeah. peak weight. When he, when he went to Toulouse. So we've got no. Repenny Falfell on one wing. Is there another contender? Um, ben Smith. Um, oh yeah, New Zealand winger. I think he top scored in the, the rugby championship. Was absolutely superb. But looks like an accountant or yeah. librarian. Let's do it. Does not look like a, a New Zealand winger. I've, I've got a shout for fullback. Yeah. If we go Ben Smith, Ben Smith with Penny Falfell, uh, Scottish international. He was capped many times. And I think when he played, and I'll show you a picture in a minute, he looks like a 45 year old man turning out for, the, for, for a charity game for the local club side vets. Have a look at Brendan Laney. Oh, <laughs> the Celted Kiwi, the original one. Yeah, look at look at him there in his Scottish outfit. That does not look like a, an elite athlete. At the the top only way to look worse at rugby when you're doing something bad is to dress yourself up in a in a Scottish kit. That's only if, if that was an all black kit, you think God is dynamic. Is there anything to top Brendan Laney? I'll go with the Oscar. Right then, so Dream Team done. Alan, it will be up at, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and eggchasers.com. Right, an, another story from the week that caught my eye was Martin Johnson, whose driving career has now gone the way of his coaching career. (laughs) It's over for the time being. Uh, Jono was banned from driving after being caught speeding at 107 miles per hour. So if I could uh, take the powers that, you know, East Midlands police had to issue bans and you could ban something from rugby, what ban would you impose? A ban on referees getting stupid yellow cards for things that aren't yellow cards, like pulling hair... Not high tackles, tackles which are perfectly fine and getting yellow carded. Stupid yellow cards. There was one this weekend that I mentioned before. Um, well, the, the Claremont Racing, the Racing prop got a yellow card for scratching um, one of the Claremont players. Oh, you play, didn't. Play, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> and that, that was based on a video ref as well. So here's the thing, right? As soon as you hear the words, it's the le- it's oh, it's a letter of the law. It's, uh, that's when you know the sport oh, is going man. wrong. Yeah. Oh, it's a letter of the law. You can't ra- like you hear it in football all the time. You can't raise your hands. You raise your hands, you got to go. What is that rule in football? You oh, can't yeah. raise your hands. Apparently not. So like, you've got to. Oh, you touch a player's face, like you stroke him on the chin, and oh, red card. Yeah. We can't but, go that way. In you're fact, right. Yeah. To make sure we we we, we don't. Um, referees should be targeted by an elven archer, and as soon as they give out a spurious yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple of referees on my list to ban. Uh, oh, yes, please. Wayne Barnes and Romain Poir after, oh. after some recent Wayne ter- Barnes went terrible on, went on an 18-minute mission, didn't he, against... Against Argentina. Against Argentina to change the game as we know it. Yeah. Australia-Argentina. It was quite incredible. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what was going through. He was on hallucinogenics or something. <laughs> <laughs> a personal one from me, uh, JB might... Disagree with this. I'd, I'd personally ban long hair on players. I think it looks terrible. Uh, Apart, no, well, it can stay provided you're allowed to pull it. Well, what? Because <laughs> because I know you love Jacques Berger. Yes. I was going to propose a compromise that each team, much like their marquee player, their excluded player from the salary cap, uh-huh. they can have one player excluded from the from the. <laughs> Long hair band. Yes. <laughs> so uh, clever. So, but it would create some, uh, some interesting uh, um, questions, raise some interesting questions. Like the Ospreys this weekend, yeah. their entire front row, yeah. the two Joneses and yeah. Hibbard, Hibbard yeah. had long hair. So it's either you get rid of two of those players or you make them cook, no, cut Ad- their trademark lot. Adam Jones pulls ranks, sir. Yeah. I, totally. That, that, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. There was an Argentine football coach who banned players playing for him who had long hair. Good lad. 
Uh, a lad. Co- yeah. In Argentina, that's a big. It was a big thing as well. Oh yeah, true. Hashtag lad. I would go. I, I would go. Long. Uh, we've mentioned it before. Long cycling shorts. Gloucester. Your backline are all banned from playing until you wear. Yeah. You can wear. I understand it feels nice and comfy and tight and everything's uh, held in place with with uh, a pair of sporty lycra undergarments but not the ones that go down to your knees yeah unnecessary well I mean who are you to determine what the Gloucester backs need to hold their <laughs> hold their junk in place <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised if any of them need well maybe they need, they need one that goes speedos, right down but, to know. their knees <laughs> uh, another item of clothing I'd ban is mittens <laughs> Andy Goode Andy, Andy Goode is getting some stick mittens. on this podcast Andy Goode plays in gloves not mittens mittens cover you no. I would definitely ban mittens a mitten or gloves whatever they are gloves. fingerless gloves yeah uh, I, uh, I had a and, pair. Andy Goode and Brock James yeah I, still wear them. I had a pair of silver mit- silver mitts not mittens silver mitts mm. and silver silver boots uh, I got, oh, I, I got for Christmas Ugh. playing on the wing <laughs> There's a case in Colwyn Bay <laughs> Right, so that's what we were banned. If you have, if you have any more suggestions yourself, of course, uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, eggchasers.com. Now, I've just got to say uh, hello and thank you to Ryan Hurley, who on Twitter got in touch yep. and has created a, an Egg Chasers um, jingle. Egg Chasers, Egg Chasers. Ah. Real rugby chat, straight from the clubhouse. Got a kind of uh, sort of Billy Bragg folk Kind oh, of and I love Billy Bragg. <laughs> Doggy Bee. Oh, that's his next song. Uh, <laughs> Would you say that is kind of a tiny bit below Matt Stevens, but a long way ahead Me. of um, Elliot Daly? Oh, uh, a million. A yeah, light, as much further light ahead years than ahead. So thank you, Ryan Harley. We very much appreciate it. Uh, so, right, yeah, one final challenge we have uh, for you today, and we're going to do this, is we're going to rank by position the starters for Premiership clubs. So we're going to start with the fly half position today. So what we're going to do is create a league table of starting fly halves in the Premiership. So we've got not the 12 teams, we've got the 12 players who are the main or first choice in the 10 jersey. So let me just run through the names before we get uh, into our own league table. There is Owen Farrell, Toby Flood, Freddie Burns, Stephen Myler, Gareth Steenson, Andy Goode, Danny Cipriani, Ian Humphreys, Phil Godman, Nick Evans, George Ford and Ignacio Mires. Okay. What I think we've got to be really mindful of is we don't just pick a player who sat behind like a chariot of a pack, just sat with, you know, we've got to try and look at the, the skills and what they bring to the team and whether they punch above their weight and all the rest of it. So that clearly immediately excludes Toby Flood. No, I disagree because he adds a lot to the game. Okay. He doesn't just sit behind a big pack, but just you, distribute and kick corners. But you, but you think then that if Toby Flood was, Flood was injured, that George Ford, when he was there, would have done... A much worse job. I wouldn't say nah. much worse, but look at Ryan Lamb when he come when he's played um, instead of Toby Flood. Leicester aren't aren't the same team. George Ford had to leave Leicester in order to get first team rugby. Yeah, and he's a lot of people see him as the potential future of, of England fly halves. That is true, but is that nothing not to do with his dad? And also, is that not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, fur- and furthermore, anyway, he's guaranteed to be playing there. There's no one looking over his shoulder. If, if he's if he's had a bad game, he's not going to be yanked. It makes more sense to be the top dog in Bath than competing in Leicester. To if- further his ambitions, a, a year and a half, nearly two years before a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got to be getting game time, so that that makes sense. But you could argue that if he's going to be the best fly half in England, he'd be able to beat Toby Flood on merit. Probably, but, but, what, but, he but what would be the point? 
What do you mean? What's the what point? Be the point? Where, what would be the point in going through th- through the rigmarole of competing with Flood week, week in, week out? George Ford could have stayed and he could have tried to oust Toby Flood from the team. But I would argue, like, the right thing for England, the right thing for George Ford, that he did go. Because yeah. currently, right now, as George Ford is a 20, 20-year-old, 21-year-old, and Toby Flood is a seasoned international, the, the, Toby Flood's better. Yeah, ag- agreed. Hmm. Toby Flood's not in my top three. It'll be interesting to see, when, when the England team is picked for the internationals, which way Lancaster goes? Do you think that Farrell is the incumbent for the, for the censure? I'd say so. Yeah, I think so. He started most of the... And then, uh, by, def- by definition, probably the best ten. No. Because, in my mind, he's not even the best ten in Saracens. Uh, arguably not. <laughs> Charlie Hodgson's a better ten. Um, it depends if you look at the all-round game, because Hodgson's got some, he can't some weak points. Uh, Hodgson can't tackle. If you not- had possession for 100% of the time, I would pick Charlie Hodgson in my team over Owen Farrell. Yeah. But he's like a gate for opposition to walk through, and unfortunately. He's, he's, he's kicking, particularly at the highest level, and when the pressure's on, was wayward. Owen Farrell was nominated for the IRB Player of the Year is outstanding. Unbelievable. I, I, I can't believe I'm hearing His, his distribution's not as good as Hodgson. Definitely. <laughs> right, well, let's try and be positive and put some people into our top four then. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll do it like the league where we have, a, we have a top four and then we'll decide between our winner. I mean, Nick Evans has got to go top four, right? Yeah. Yeah, although arguably he's... Obviously, as mentioned before, Harlequins aren't looking as good this season. Evans is ageing mm. and potentially falling out, potentially slipping down. Do you... Get the feeling watching them that they're grooming Ben Bosker for when uh, for when he leaves. Yeah, most... I think there's kind of a shifting in power there because Bosker looks like a decent player and they give him a lot of game time. Yeah, most definitely, and that's that's a good point. Going back to the flood Ford thing, that you've got a young ten learning from an experienced season international, like two, the managing the two within the squads, mm. whereas that wasn't happening at Leicester because they rated Flood higher. Put Toby Flood in the top four. Yeah, I, I would as well. Okay, um, is there any player better on his day? When everything's going well, which I know is a big shot because you say, say that about anyone. Danny Cipriani does pull out some absolute gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, no denying that. If, Agreed. If, match winner. Would you have him for your full season, full premiership season, 22 games? I wouldn't even have him on my bench. <laughs> right, OK. But not, not in your squad? No, not right. no chance. I don't think he makes the top four, but... It can be mercurial. I, although I think I'd change my mind if after this season he's putting a, you know, a, a full season, he's done yeah. very, very well. And if he has changed his uh, recreational habits to <laughs> swerve yeah. Malibu and pineapple juice <laughs> and Nesquik when he has TV reporters round to his house, if he does serves oh up a Nesquik God, most, like he did on that BBC documentary most, with Gabby Logan. I've never, most never dull interview you've ever seen. Oh, it's horrible. It was like inside sport. Gabby Logan went, went round to Danny Cipriani's house and he made a chocolate Nesquik. It was, it, was, it was so boring. Yeah, Mercurial on his day, you can't put him anywhere near the top four because yeah. much like a premiership, a team that's good on their day isn't going to win the Premiership. Yeah, Where? agreed. Who would be in your top four then? Well, are we all kind of agreed, even by a majority decision that Toby Flood goes in, in the case of Flood. JB? And Nick, Nick Evans, Nick Evans. Toby Flood Nick straight Evans. in then. Yeah, agreed. I, I mean, personally, on the strength of the summer and the temperament in big games, I'd put Owen Farrell in, the, in my top four. I would do as well. Two of us agree on three. I think, Jay, do you agree with any of those? Evans? Evans, definitely. Yeah, Farrell. Well, I don't agree with Farrell because I don't think he's a starter. I, I, I think okay. the Hodgson. I think the Hodgson is so <laughs> Hodgson. Um. <laughs> All right, so we have got top three kind of sorted for now. Well, let's just jump to the other end of the table then. Who who would be 
And again, with the greatest respect to them, who would be the relegation candidates? Phil Godman. Phil Godman? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Poor old Phil. G's not going to like this, but uh, Ignacio Mieres. Oh, for, no, for I the... don't like this, Phil. How dare you? G's man crush <laughs> down there near the relegation zone. Relegation candidates, and we seem to be settling on Ian Humphreys, Phil Godman, Ignacio Mieres. Who goes down? Godman. 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 Sorry. Poor Godman. Sorry, Phil. I mean, your quality. You're in the Premiership. Well done. Yeah. Uh, and top four, then. Are we, are we settled on Farrell Flood, uh, Steenson sneaking in there, along with Nick Evans, who, are, who is the champion? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with, with Steenson, giving some deserved recognition. Yeah, I think Steenson. Um, and the top one, probably still Nick Evans. So there we go. We anoint you, Nick Evans, uh, champion of our Fly Half League table, and uh, Phil Godman. Sorry. Yeah. You're down. Hodgson second. <laughs> right then that, that is it for episode 6 of the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast get involved in the debate and uh, give us your thoughts at Rugby Podcast on Twitter eggchasers.com uh, till next time uh, oh, I think we should be sung out by what do you reckon Elliot Daly Elliot. And, his, and, and his boy you, band Boys okay. Forever oh go on then hey guys we're Boys Forever we're a group of young guys from Croydon uh, <laughs> we never know Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 